Thanks for stopping by and joining us for another conversation with the SBP podcast, The Voice of Mobile Film. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and this is episode 10. The best film award goes to Figment by Mithram Maharajan. Global Mobile Film Awards just awarded our guest with this honorable award for his film shot entirely with a smartphone. So we invited Mithram back to our podcast to share more about his experience making movies with a smartphone as a professional director. Let's go back to Canada and talk with Mithran. Hi, Mithran. How are you? I'm very good to say how are you? I'm good. Just checking all my microphone making sure it's on (laughs) Um, so um i want to congratulate you you just won one of the most epic awards in the mobile film industry from the global mobile film awards uh you won overall the top prize best film congratulations thank you so much thank you so much and um it was a huge um, boost for the entire team to do something better and uh, something more exciting. Well, yeah. How does it feel to get, I mean, where do you go from here? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess that the whole creation is, is very uh, iterative, right? Like, um, you do something and then you see an output and you feel like hmm, you could have done that a little bit better and you go back to the writing room again and then pick another story and then do that and then you look at it and you're like hmm, could have done a better job so it keeps um it's uh, it's a cycle it's a good cycle and it uh, it's about keeping on improving it's a sustained uh improvement is the key yeah well, that's true. And so um, this was your first um, mobile film, I should say. It definitely, as we spoke and for our audience, our listeners, um, after this podcast, um, if you go back and listen to episode two, uh, Mithran was the very first filmmaker that we interviewed in this podcast. And Mithran, the funny thing is we have another podcast scheduled uh, this year, which is ending in a couple of weeks less now than that. Um, and uh, it's not a filmmaker. It's like a year end with with a guest uh, podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun, um, you know, to present that. But it's funny because the coincidence is, and I'm just realizing this right this minute as I'm speaking to you, you were the very first filmmaker that we interviewed uh, for your film, Figment. Uh, but you're also the last filmmaker we're going to interview this year. That's that's nice, isn't it? It's a very nice coincidence. Yeah, it really is. And I'm just now realizing this, going, this can't be. There's no such thing as a coincidence. There's, there's a reason for this, right? Um, so I'm thinking it has to do with maybe you're going to be making another mobile film. Um, yes, I, I'm in the process of it. It's um, 
excuse me. Um, I'm in the process of it, and um, it's just I'm I'm sort of cocooned, if you will. Um, <laughs> Cuckoo? Into, no, cocooned. Cocooned. Like, uh, yeah, like... Um, like a worm before it becomes a butterfly? Exactly, yeah. Ah. Um, because... Uh, when I when I write most of the times it's um, it's more of me doing a lot of research about what I want to write and uh, what topic I want to pick and um, uh, make it worthwhile for the audience to view it and and uh, create a um, impact either small or big doesn't matter but at least as long as I can create an impact so I'm in the process of writing um, and uh, yes definitely. It's going to be um, another film. Um, it's just that there are so many exciting projects <laughs> that can be done using a mobile phone um, in in aid with the story because um, there are certain films um, that can uh, that can become better if it is actually shot on mobile phones. And um, these stories um, um, and the uh, phone uh, point of view would actually complement each other. Um, so there are so many stories out there that I'm researching on, um, uh, which I feel like you know, mobile phone uh, or the point of view that appears to be like a mobile phone would be better. And um, um, and the technology keeps improving compared to even when we spoke uh, the last time till now. Um, there was just one single phone out in the market that everybody wanted to use, which was the iPhone. Uh, but then recently, uh, I was doing more research on uh, Google Pixel uh, 2 oh, yeah. uh, XL. And um, the output and the outcome on that is like really, really good. Um, I was um, watching a video of a motorcycle uh, rider being shot with this phone with the optical image stabilization and without the optical image stabilization. And it's, it's tremendous. It's just breathtaking. And um, I'm actually, as we speak, I have that phone to be set up and ready to go tonight so nice mostly. oh you just unboxed it right as the trendy thing is now unboxing yes um uh, i i was sort of like not into the android world because i felt like some of the aspects that i was looking for was not there yet um i hope uh, this phone is there and um I'm just going to do, um, you know, some low light testing, um, some uh, testing towards, you know, how the stabilization of the camera is, and also to uh, test few um, lenses that comes with it, um, not with it, but uh, that are uh, compatible with it, oh. like the moment lenses. So um, the next few uh, months. Uh, would be on testing that and also a uh, lot of writing, a lot of writing, yes. And then once once it's done, then I... Um, the team that we formed for the first time is solid and, and they, they are really um, uh, working on other projects, but um, once this becomes really... Um, uh, it, it forms a good shape, 
then it's like coming together as one single entity and we will be definitely going about it yes and uh, it'll be feature length in a sense like uh, 90 minutes something 90 minutes yeah like a regular feature film yes yeah that's awesome <laughs> Well, it's, it's not like um, uh, there are people um, out there who already did it um, uh, and it, it went to um, and being screened in Sundance. Um, uh, I believe it's called Tangerine. Yeah. Um, it, it was a feature film completely shot on iPhone. And um, I, I could realize that the necessity of it, because considering the story uh, of that film, um, it, it everything becomes much more easier when you have like a camera and you're just um, stripping out all the logistics associated with it and just uh, being inside the universe uh, of the story where it's happening and um, and also budgetary reasons yes but um, it sort of helps um, in in uh, taking the story to the next level that that sort of like a um, iPhone. Uh, point of view yeah well you know there there are not that you know we have our uh, the first feature film um, competition that we had uh, was the one that you were in uh, last well I keep wanting to say last year uh, by the time uh, you know in a couple of weeks I will be able to finally say last year but it yes. was the last film festival that we had. Um, and for this year, uh, well, the 2018, next April, uh, we what we did was we raised the length from 20 to 60 minutes to, um, to 40 and, and 80 minutes, you know, and so... That's that's excellent. Actually, um, talking about film lens, I I wanted to share um, a lesson that I learned uh, with uh, with the listeners. Yeah, which is um, if if it is a short film, and um, especially if it is shot on a mobile device, um, it is better to have it under ten minutes if it is a short film. Yeah. Um, if it is a feature film, it, it goes into a different um, band of uh, viewership because um, you're, you're now setting up a stage saying that, oh, this is going to be a feature film and um, the time elongates and the story elongates and, and everything is like uh, uh, spread into a spectrum versus a, a short film is really concise and um, when when I started writing Figment um, I started off as a short film and then there were so many elements in the film um, that, that required to be said in a specific pace, space and a pace um, uh, and that sort of needed uh, it to be 20 plus 23 minutes I guess close to and um, Every time we tried to cut it down and uh, try to view it as a 10-minute film, it sort of lost that um, uh, essence uh, and the pace in which the story needs to be told. So uh, you know, we had to... 
There yeah, is another ahead. reason why that didn't work out. The spirits were working because, see, we had for short films were one to five minutes, and then we began at 20 minutes for the mm -hmm. feature film competition. It was a mobile feature film. It wasn't the authentic, right? Mm -hmm. um, but because we did that, uh, when I first spoke with Javier, Javier Augusto Nunez, the producer, mm -hmm. um, he thought his film was only, uh, it hadn't made the 20-minute the mark. And as a matter of fact, it did. And I said, oh, my God, you made it. It's 21, 38 minutes or something like that. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I yeah. said, you actually, you're in, you're in, because I saw the film already. Yes. And so I was, you know, I really, I, I wanted that film to at least be submitted. And I was, I'm, I was pretty sure it was going to get accepted because of the quality, but I didn't know at the time, but at least I wanted to have that opportunity in our film festival. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt you because, uh, you know, I want you to continue that, but I wanted you to know that had it not been, you know, had it been any any length between the five minutes and the 20 minutes, it wouldn't have been a part of our film festival. Wow, uh, that 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 is <laughs> an amazing information. Yeah. Um, and uh, what happened in the editing room is that um, we were actually trying to cut it down less than 20. And um, no matter which way we did it less than 20, um, it, it just didn't work out because uh, either the end uh, was a little bit um, off or it wasn't feeling complete or uh, if we cut in the middle, it felt like some of the story is not told yet. So um, we decided as a team that we're going to leave it as such and it is what it is and, and submit to the film festival to see what happens. Right. And, and luckily, uh, like you mentioned, it was about 20 minutes and, and um, it, it's just meant to happen. Oh, uh, I believe all, it. <laughs> yeah. And, and we are all happy about it. Uh, the entire team is happy about it. Uh, but um, I, I personally felt uh, that, uh, I mean, so far we, we have had a very good success in the screening. Uh, it's been screened in like more than uh, 10 to 11 international film festivals yeah. approximately. And um, it's been screened um alongside with films that are shot on like regular um, um, cameras ranging from DSLRs to uh, red cameras. And, and these, this film was uh, screened um, alongside with that. So uh, we are all happy about it, but um, we felt, or personally I felt, that um, it would have had a wider reach if it was under 10 minutes because um, most of the, uh, at least the mobile film festivals, yeah. uh, were uh, targeting for that uh, short form video uh, where you know um, you could you could make the audience. Uh, well, yeah, uh, you surprised. you have to sit. You have to. So, as a film director, right, you have to think about the show that a film festival is, yes. and um, and if you're going to sit an audience. Um, through a longer film, then 
you know, it has to be good. It has to be captivating. They have to really just not feel the time going by, you know. And that means the films have to be excellent for the most part. And there's a flip side to that because as a film festival, you're not an AMC theater. You know what I'm saying? You're mm-hmm. not You're not really, I mean, yes, the film has to be excellent, but at the same time, you're trying to give an opportunity and a platform for, you know, the independent filmmaker, someone who is not at that level sometimes yet, but you're trying to inspire them to keep trying and to showcase their films and and things like that. So there's that whole dual thing going on. So short films do work better, I think, in a lot of film festivals. I've been in film festivals where the films are, you know, 20 minutes plus, and and people walk out. They start leaving. Um, That's totally right. And, and of course, they're watching more than one film, of course. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's not just a film that will, you know, God, this is like the fifth film I've seen, and, you know, I, I I can't do this. You know, it's hard. It's hard to do. But there's another aspect of it which comes with the technology. Um, you know, uh, there's syncing issues with when you're filming longer scenes where the, with the microphone and everything where you're trying to sync and you lose that on with the mobile uh, phone technology. Um, where then later you're in post-production and you've shot a longer scene and you're going, "Uh uh-oh, for some reason everything's going out of sync after a few minutes, you know, of of recording. Um, And then there's memory, you know, the phone memory and, you know, and things like that that also play into that with mobile film festivals. But, you know, something that you just brought up in playing alongside you know the more professional camera shot films right mm-hmm. um in these film festivals do you think um as a mobile filmmaker right as a mobile film that you would receive the kind of attention that you receive in a mobile film festival from the film festival itself um i i believe so um and uh, the way I treated mobile filmmaking is that um, it's just another camera that gives director more creative options uh, than um, than anything else. Because if if I have to shoot the same story with Red One, I would have shot the same story with Red One. Um, I, I did it with a mobile phone just because I was so much fascinated about the, the capability and the possibility of this device in your pocket that can bring uh, to the table. Um, and I, I wanted to explore it. I wanted to exploit it. And um, th- that was my intention. And um, I, before I answer your question, I just wanted to touch upon uh, the certain topics that you mentioned because um, I think it might be very useful for the uh, listeners as well. Um, when um, filming on a mobile phone, there are certain logistics that needs to be um, taken care of upfront before we go to set. 
uh, the first thing being sound because it's like 50 percentage of your film and and um, if you can actually tell a story just by closing your eyes and still listening to the sound and you, you can get the sense of what's going on in yeah. that scene um, that's how important sound is so to me what we did is um, we did not use any iPhone based recorders we used uh, the professional uh, recorders and um, sound mixers that would be used in a regular film um, to record the audio and um, for the video uh, we constantly ran into um, having low um, memory so what we did is that instead of shooting one phone uh, we always shot it with two phones so um, one, it's like having um, you know two cameras so that um, you're, you're always on the run um, and it's not as interrupted as, yeah as long as the cameras yeah. match because exactly you get, yeah yeah, yeah. So we um, both were iPhones and both were the same configuration, same model. Um, and uh, we did the same settings um, for recording the video, um, including the frames per second, the, the bits, um, MBPS, and also um, the, um, the screen size. Um, the aspect ratio, I mean, they are all uh, identical between the, these two devices and we always kept, okay, the first one, when it's done, we take it out and there's always a, a data management person, like in regular films, like where you, you change your uh, cartridges or you change your um, uh, uh, cards. When you're done with uh, filming, your card is almost full. You go and switch the card and then bring another card Unfortunately, when you're doing that on a mobile phone, you don't have that luxury. So we actually shot it with two phones yeah. um, and kept on copying. Now, um, th those are some of the logistics that we took care of. So when we went to post-production, we were able to focus on um, cutting the story uh, than working through the logistics. Um, of course, phone has its own um, uh, sensor, which is not as... Um, as um, as sophisticated as a regular camera sensor. So the incoming information might not be enough for doing a color correction, but um, it gives you this tremendous opportunity to be more creative with what you have in hand and to tell the story and move it forward. Um, so in, in that sense, we really took care of the logistics first because um, even before we went on floors, even before I wrote the script, I spent close to seven, eight months researching on um, uh, what is a mobile phone and why it could be used for filming, uh, what are the different um, uh, logistical issues that could come out and how to address it. So I had that workflow um, uh, laid down even before we did the production. Um, so that sort of helped me out. Uh, but to answer your question as to do I get the same kind of attention um, in the regular film festivals versus the mobile film festivals, um, it depends on the film festival. Uh, there are some film festivals who came back and said, uh, we love your film. Uh, it's it's 20 to 21 minutes 
So we cannot put it in the feature. We cannot put it um, in the shard. We just don't have a slot for the you. The complete opposite. Of what happened yes, with it, yes, exactly. It's a, it's a complete opposite because, uh, and that's when I felt like, oh my god, I, we should have stick to the ten minutes and and pick up no, another story. No, no, <laughs> yes, no, no, not all the time. No, of uh, but um, um, well, but, no, I just mean. I just mean in this one instance, I mean, we would never have met. Not that we've met in person yet. We've got to work on that now, okay? But, yes. <laughs> but um, I mean, it, it's, it's just, you know, when it's until right now that we're having this discussion. I mean, there's nothing about this that's scripted, obviously. But there's a lot of things coming to mind. It's like, oh, my God, this never would have happened had it not been for this. It's almost like. This is playing out like a movie in itself. You know what I mean? The story yes. of how you became a part of our film festival. Um, it was such a close call, like literally one minute and 38 seconds, I think it was. That yes. would have been, well, actually, you know, because, Not yeah. Qualified. We, well, yes. and, and because anyone, I mean, I've been, this, we're going on our seventh year in the film festival. They, even on my very first one, I did not, I, I'm very strict about the rules because to me, when there's a competition, there is no leeway in the rules because, yeah, uh, you know, I'm very strict on that. It's like, well, it's not fair to the potential filmmaker who's been, you know, let's say you saw, right. Or, or someone else saw that we had this competition that said 20 to 60 minutes, which is what the, the, you know, the, the length was last year, 20 to 60 minutes for a feature length film. Well, then they come back and I've changed the rules, right? Mm -hmm. Again. And they're like, I just spent three hours last night trying to shorten this so it would fit within that or making it longer so it would fit this for nothing because now you've changed the rule on me. And it could be one minute difference could be a lot of work for a film where you're trying to make that decision of what do I cut or what do I add, you know? That's true. And so that's, that's something I consider. And to me, it's like once it's set, it's set. So as much as I loved your film, um, I had my fingers crossed going, oh, my God, I hope, I hope that this film, you know, because what sometimes on Film Freeway, you know, people would put down the length of their film. But yes. it doesn't have a counter until you watch the film, right? Or it's true. telling you exactly what is on there. So sometimes filmmakers, you know, make a typo or they think it was this long. And then it wasn't. God knows, I'm just picturing filmmakers being up at three in the morning trying to submit the films. And, you know, <laughs> um, and so sometimes that doesn't match. So before I even contact somebody, I'll play it through. If for our listeners, I'm not going to play all of them. <laughs> But I will play through if I can and see, you know, what the time limit is. And then I played it through and I said, oh, no, this actually fits right in. But yeah, what a coincidence, you know, that, like I say, there really isn't a coincidence. Um, and yeah, you know, all film festivals, supposedly they should all, you know, not bend the rules depending on the films and the filmmakers, you know, or... Or, hey, it's my friend. He really wants to be a part of it. Or, you know, she's my buddy from high school. She really wants to be a part of this. Or, 
I really love that film. I don't care about this one. It should all just be an even playing field, you know, um, not to go off into that, but <laughs> so I'm glad they didn't accept it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yes and no. And, um, but one thing that we felt happy about is that um, th these film festivals, they came to us and said that um, your film looked great and we didn't know until the end credits roll that you actually shot on a phone. Um, and that that really set the right tone that we were expecting to have. And uh, we did got um, selected on the 11 film festivals that we got selected to um I think um, uh, four of them were mobile phone film festivals and the rest of the seven were actually um, non-mobile phone film festivals. And um, here in Toronto, uh, we got uh, selected and screened in the Toronto Short Films, well, Short yeah. films Festival. And uh, it was a big deal uh, uh, for us um, as, a, as a team because we had this little device and, and a story and, and hard work and that's it. And, and we were there uh, with these other films that were shot in like Red and, and C300 and, um, and the wonderful experiences like when um, it, it was it was full house and I was sitting with the audience and um, as the film started progressing, I, I I sort of glanced um, um, around and looked at people. Yeah, no. I instead I I actually <laughs> uh, stood up and and sort of walked to the side of the theater and uh, I picked a viewpoint where I could see the complete audience. So I was like slightly close to the screen, uh, but I was able to see. Um, like everybody's um, expression and everybody's reaction um, uh, as the light from the screen falls on their faces, and and it was so beautiful. And and they were uh, they were clapping, they were standing and clapping, and um, it it felt complete. And and at that point in time, the fact that it was shot on a phone or it was shot on anything else just disappears. It's just a uh, story and uh, it's about people. Yeah, well, that's actually, you know, it, it's, it's an emotional moment because that is what, th that's the dream of the filmmaker. That, that's why you're sitting there, you're working hard. I mean, filmmaking is not easy, whether it's on a phone or, or whatever. It's not an easy process. It's a coordination between people also, you know, and you make this thing happen and then you see it on the big screen and you watch people watching your work, you know, and that is really a special moment. That's what it's in the end, you know, that's that's what the magic is about, right? That that's very true. And uh, and as for mobile filmmaking, I, I still feel that um, it has a huge um, potential in the documentary film world. Um, 
and and I saw a couple of documentaries actually shot on uh, mobile phones um, that were shot in South America, and and they look amazing, um, uh, both from the story perspective and also from um, the visuals perspective. Uh, it has this um, uh, uh, unique um, unique feel uh, in the content uh, that that makes me feel that. There is, there's no excuse anymore to say that, oh, I have a story, I want to make a film, or um, I have to make a film. There, there's no excuse about it. It is actually in your pocket. You just have to connect with a bunch of people who believe in the story, and, and it has to be done. It has to be done. Yeah, that's one of my, one of the things that attracted me to video itself, and, and this whole concept of democratizing uh, you know, uh, filmmaking in a way is through, you know, regular video production as well. Cause that's kind of what I, what I did the most of myself for many years, but we, um, I was looking in, uh, through a lot of my files and downsizing the computer files on my computer. <laughs> and, um, I ran into this ad that I made in 2009 um, and I shared it with one of the groups that I, that I had on LinkedIn and it was promoting not, not just a film festival, but community stories, which is uh, a program that I'm endeared to, um, which is about basically you share your story um, as a part of that community, which your story, you're sharing the story about. And that community can be a culture as well, you know. And so someone in, in a community or a culture or something like that is not depending on someone from the outside coming in, right, and, and sharing that story. And every year in the film festival, I try to promote and... and feature one of those stories um one of the films as a community story one of them uh last year uh came from an an immigrant from i think it was in turkey who was a journalist and um he made a story called now i can't even think about the name of it but it's um it was featured, it was, I think it was called, oh, uh, Breakfast of Champions. And it oh. was showing uh, the immigrants, you know, the immigration was such a big topic over the last couple of years, right? Um, yes. And it was showing Breakfast of Champions, and I thought it was an interesting title. Um, but it was really, uh, this guy, he was in that community himself, even though he was a journalist, he was sort of forced to leave his country now he was an immigrant as well and he decided to share their story they were there every morning very early in the morning this was in France I believe and they were there every morning trying to get their papers so that they could have a place to go they were sort of like nomads right at that time uh and through that process and and uh the hope of that and you know it was a struggle and it was like that one moment type of, uh, uh, the story was really about that one moment, that one morning and what happened to them. 
and I featured them. And, um, you know, I, I consider a lot of these people like friends now, you know, um, for the film festival. I'm sure if he's listening to this podcast, you know, he'll know who he'll know I'm talking about him. Uh, plus I just gave the title of his film, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's a big deal for, you know, for that because he was there and he happened to have this, his phone, you know, and he was able to film that. And so that's really important. I do believe you on the documentary side. It's a big deal to, to be able to use this. You never know. You could walk, I mean, you know, B-roll, right? Yes. B-roll in a documentary, it's not something you put together. It's it's things that are happening. So if you know that you're creating a documentary about, you know, say immigration, but you happen to go to the store and happen to see some immigrants being rounded up or, you know, a homeless person that happens to be, you know, an immigrant, immigrant going through something that, I mean, those are moments that you have to capture and the phone happens to be with you because it always is, you know, so it's a great opportunity. Absolutely. It becomes um, um, a window to that experience um, that are the event that is happening there and, and the world gets to see it uh, in, in its raw form. It's, it's not uh, through, it's not dramatized, it's not fictionalized, it's in its raw form and and that, that creates a different kind of impact on the viewers. Would you ever consider uh, making a documentary yourself? Uh, yes, I will definitely make a documentary. Um, I have actually um, many ideas jotted down for documentary as well as uh, uh, for, a, for a web series uh, that is completely on a mobile phone. Um, and a couple of them are... Um, actually, one of them is a comedy. The other one is um, um, it's more like a travelogue kind of thing. But uh, uh, yes, um, we have, uh, I, I say we because um, um, I'm collecting a team to uh, go about it. Um, so it's just a matter of prioritization to see uh, which one we want to do first, whether it's going to be a film or is it going to be... Is it going to be a documentary or is it going to be the web series? We need to see. Or maybe a combination, you know, um, of, of all of those. <laughs> yeah, it could be. could yeah. be, yes, if the, if the story asks for it, yes. Um, when, you, when you were making, you know, let's talk about your film a little bit uh, in Figment. Um, when we were ending our podcast last time, it's so interesting uh, when I, I talk to you and other filmmakers that sometimes it eludes me to talk about some of the things and then I say later, oh, I wish I could have talked about that a little more. And I think we had a touch of that at the end of the last podcast interview with you where we were talking about the, the children, the little girls in the film. Yes. And what that was like. Had you filmed uh, children before that? Yes, yes. Um um, I, uh, even for the other short films that I did, yeah. um, I think a couple of them, uh, had a child artist as, uh, as a, as a lead. 
Um, in fact, uh, one of my films that I did uh, very first um, during my earlier days um, is that of um, a little boy who learns a trick to escape bullies um, from his grandparents. And um, it, the, the entire film is about a conversation of a little boy uh, probably like six, seven years old, um, who's having a conversation with his grandfather uh, sitting in a bench uh, in a school. Um, And um, I did another sci-fi film, uh, which was uh, also, um, it has a heavy influence of uh, looking at uh, science fiction from uh, from a kid's point of view. and um, because I, I grew up watching films like E.T. and, um, and um, other films where um, the story gets more, um, more traction when it's, and when it's viewed through um, um, an eyeball of innocence. Um, like, like how it is happening even right now for Stranger Things, like because um, um, uh, all of a sudden, everything looks different when you look at it from a kid's point of view. Um, and so I'm always fascinated about uh, looking at events from a kid's point of view. Um, so, yes, I am used to uh, incorporating uh, characters of that age group into the film, um, only if necessary, um, to see how would how would this story unfold if, if they were about to... Uh, watch it or they were about to live through this um so yes i i do have um, uh, uh, experience fires yes uh, working with kids um and and i love sorry go ahead one of the reasons why i was asking i mean you you just opened up my mind to something else though but um the original reason why i had for asking was because since you have worked with kids before I wondered, I was just curious to see if you had noticed any difference in the comfort level of a child in front of a traditional big camera um, as opposed to a child in front of a phone, which they use, I mean, you know, parents and themselves, selfies and things like that. They're always in front of that. I wondered if there was a level of, of comfort that you saw between the two in children. It's... it's- it's a very interesting question. Actually, I never looked at it from that point because um, they did not know until I called action. Uh, they did not know with what we are filming right. because I I was always talking to them about um, what they're going to do in that scene, who they are, uh, how are they going to feel, what is this universe, uh, I mean, the universe in the story perspective, uh, where they live in, um, uh, where do they come from, where are they going to go, what are they saying, why are they saying it, how are they saying it, all those things were uh, were the only thing that I discussed with them. Um, And um, both the kids were really amazing. They they just did uh, what is required for the story. Uh, but until I, I set action and then um, they, they see the camera, <laughs> they, they, uh, they did not understand 
what we were doing. They did not know whether it's a rehearsal or this is the actual film <laughs> and true. what's going on and um, things like that. But they, they were very grounded and they were, they were very uh, serious, actually, um, with their roles. And, and I was amazed because um, um, I originally thought, um, even during the rehearsals, um, because I, I had a, a very lengthy conversation with the parents about what the film is about and um, uh, how we're going to shoot it and what are the different things that we want to shoot. Uh, and um, so when when they came to the set and they when they came to the rehearsal, they were so serious. They were like, okay, what is it we're going to do? Where are we standing? What are we doing? Um, they want and, direction. Yeah, and... And they, they did not care about like whether there's camera or not. Um, and um, if I tell them to look through the lens uh, and thinking about our lost in thought, they just looked through the lens and they did not uh, really focus on whether it's uh, uh, what is behind that lens. Is, is that a film camera or a mobile camera? They did not worry about it. And uh, that, that was really amazing because... Um, those kids um, really emulated certain uh, scenes that are exactly the way it has to be done. And if you see the film, the first half actually rolls out from a point of view of a kid, and then it switches to an adult's viewpoint, and, and they nailed it. Yeah, you know, one thing about children, which is really, really cool, actually, when you're on set, is that, you know, for adults, you say, you know, action, and then you yield cut, right? Um, and the adult, if something goes wrong or if it starts to feel like, well, I guess we're not really, we're out of the scene now because something happened and they just assume you don't have to say cut, right? Where a child, everybody could just leave the scene and they're still acting until you say the word cut, right? Yep, yep, definitely. <laughs> and it's it's so um, adorable and inspiring at the same time. Yeah. And um Actually, that that reminds me of an of an incident, and I think that probably this would also help the listeners. Is that when when um, when I'm taking more takes um, with a kid, or yeah, especially with kids, um, I used to say that okay, let's do it one more time. And um, I think at some point in time, I was taking more takes than. Uh, than I planned because I I was expecting, excuse me, I was expecting a certain thing, and I couldn't um, get it, uh, and and not from the performance standpoint, but from a, from a technical standpoint because of various other logistics that we had, um, and one of the assistants uh, from my team, uh, she said that Mitran, you shouldn't tell them. Let's do it one more time. You should just tell them, let's do it again. Mm. Because if, if you tell them, let's do it one more time, they're going to think that that's the last time all the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I never thought about it. It made perfect sense. And I, I from that point on, was, I, I kept telling them, let's do it again. Um, and I explained it to them why we're doing it again. Um, but um, uh, there, there's another... Um, um, there's another challenge, uh, our schedule challenge, especially when we are working with kids. Oh yeah. Uh, um, because uh, 
um, as the day progresses, um, um, the longevity of the day can be handled differently by different age group. And for kids, it's like it makes no sense to do the same thing over and over and over and again. And um, probably by by the tenth take, they would be like, "Ah, oh, what are we doing? Why are we doing this?" And mommy Torture. can we go home? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mommy can we go home? Yeah. So, um, but but these kids were not like that. They were they were so dedicated. If I said, "Can we do this um, again?" and and they did it, and uh, they they well, and it was cold. You, I mean, Ava was telling us. Uh, for our viewers, <laughs> that's episode five. <laughs> uh, she was telling us that um, that it was freezing and that uh, they were out there in the woods doing those scenes, you know, the beginning, right, um, yes. of the movie, and it was super, super cold, and and they were wearing, you know, like the, their little dresses and stuff, and they had to work through that. Yes, it was minus eighteen. Um, yeah, I know. I get. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like fifty degrees, and I'm freezing. Okay. <laughs> it's Canada, so. Whoa. Uh, well, and, and we shot it in winter time too, so that that's why it sort of added that grayish tone that that uh, we were looking for the story. So that that yeah. was good, uh, but um, it was close to negative eighteen degrees Celsius or negative. Degree uh, twenty uh, degree Celsius. Um, so the the kids they have to add the princess dress and they they have to uh, have this uh, doll dress and um, it, it's really difficult uh, even for for us. So what we and used parents, to do is that right? and and the parents too. Like everybody was dedicated and what what was really moving to see is that. Everybody believed in the story, and and they're doing this just for the story. There's no other reason for two kids to stand out negative eighteen, um, doing the shots over and over again. And uh, it was so painful for me in the editing room to actually cut out some of those shots. Oh yeah, I bet. I yeah. I have to and and uh, to to support the overall picture, but. Um, they they were they did it with more uh, professionalism and uh, sometimes it's it's more like a family because what we do is like um, we have this um, uh, one of the executive producers brought brought to the set this um, um, heaters um, with, oh. uh, um, and and uh, like propane and heaters or something yes propane heaters yes you're right. And, and it's very interesting in the sense like, so there, there's a film crew which is filming and then there'll be like this three to four people standing with a propane uh, heater ready and, and it's on, but, but they cannot on it so close to the microphone, otherwise it's gonna pick up the sound. So they will just keep it ready. And as soon as I say cut, they will switch it on and the entire crew of like 15 to 16 <laughs> people will go towards that. And, and they, they will all be like, okay, now let's warm ourselves in. <laughs> and, and then we were like, okay, next shot, next shot. So it was really it's good. Cold. It was, it's cold. Yeah, it, it's cold. Yeah. And, and for the crew, you know, but I would like for you to point out anything else that you'd like to point out um, instead of me asking you any more questions. Um 
you know, because I, I just wanted to make sure that we talked about the kids because we left that hanging. Sure. Um, yes. But I, I you know, um, I, I really want to congratulate you again for winning the Best Film Award. I mean, you're a winner. I remember the last podcast we were laughing because, you you know, when you started out in film, you won one award after another. <laughs> and we were laughing about that, all the awards you won uh, when you were starting out. And so I can just imagine all the all the awards that are yet coming your way, uh, whether you're filming with a phone or with a red camera or, you know, it doesn't matter, I don't think. You're a great storyteller. Oh, that, that's so nice of you to say, but um, I personally think that, you know, uh, you know, um, just to complete the circle of what we started at the beginning, you, you were asking like what I uh, was doing. Like I told you that, you know, I, I cocoon myself in and like a shell and uh, sit and write. But once once I come out uh, and and if, if the story has to fly like a butterfly, it's not me flying. Right. But that that wings are actually the team. Right? Yeah. Like without the team, uh, there is no flight. And um, it, it is so true. I, I'm saying flight is because there is so much coordination required when when there is a flight. Uh, uh, the synchronization between uh, everything to work perfectly uh, to make a flight, even for a butterfly, um, is is You're the exactly, conductor, though. You're the director. You 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 are the one directing the the path. Yes, but I I. Uh, I prefer maybe it's just me. I prefer that I'm I'm more of a catalyst to a to a bigger reaction that's going to happen. Of course, it's a controlled reaction. I still like to control it uh, because not because of anything else. It's just that the end vision uh, must align with everything that's happening in between. So that's why. Right. Uh, but. But they're I, I making still... it happen. I understand what you yes. mean. It's like by yourself. I mean, it's a vision, and and you're in you, and it takes the team to realize the vision. Absolutely, yeah. There, there's, a, there's an idea, uh, there is a, a realization, and there is an execution, uh, and then uh, there is a delivery, and um, in, into the real world, into the hands, or in, in this case to the eyes of the viewers and that cannot be done with just one person. So in that way, I'm, I'm really thankful for the people who are around me because uh, um, they, they are so much patient with me when, when I uh, switch schedules, when I, um, I get more takes and uh, because they, they understand, they have seen the output and they have seen the previous films and uh, they believe that okay, this is this is um, uh, this is going to be good. Uh, in fact, Ava, um, um, uh, uh, who won the best lead, told me several times like this is for one of her favorite uh, roles that she did. And uh, when when I see things like that, it's it's um, it's um, it's a very good uh, duet in the sense like uh, the writer writes expecting certain thing out of a character and then the actor brings that character uh, out into life and um, it, it reflects on uh, each other. So it's a very, very good experience. Well, I, would, I don't know. You know, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier where 
it's like there's no coincidence anymore really i mean things are meant to happen yeah. um and i think some people in this world are meant to work with you um and i think that's one of the reasons why they're willing to work with you is that it shows in in the work that you do um it goes from that vision into you know the end result um when they see your prior films and they say wow you know everybody realizes that there's there's a crew and there's a team and the work that's involved around it but um to have a director like you you know we were you were mentioning Steven Spielberg i mean who wouldn't give their right arm right not literally <laughs> to uh to work on a on a film with uh Steven Spielberg uh playing any small role any and i don't mean acting you know although that's also the case but i mean even as part of the crew you know absolutely yes and so yeah that's that's pretty amazing and i'm i'm not trying to bloat you up but i I'm, i'm just saying not what, to me it's actually yeah. intimidating because yeah. it's like oh my god the next work i have to do if i have to be really careful <laughs> well but to... other people believe in you um for and there's a reason for that and um y- you also kind of have to believe in the same way that they believe that um and it's and it's hard because if you if you're very comfortable as a director then then you know if you don't have a little bit of fear <laughs> right um yes. then maybe your films wouldn't come out so well i think you know it's almost like putting a little fire under you that makes it in the end right that's uh, true so it's it's a it's a very it's like a little dance you know it's like darned if you do darned if you don't you know that kind of a thing yes. um but i have confidence in you your team has confidence in you and i'm sure like i'm saying like i just said 5 minutes ago or 3 minutes ago or whatever it was that whether you're you're directing a film shot on a phone or with a camera or whatever comes out right uh whatever you choose it's going to have it's going to be a quality film uh because of the story and your vision and you'll you'll lead people through that whatever oh, it thank takes thank you so much thank you so much <laughs> you're very welcome um anything else you'd like to say um other than this i i don't know i i just um i want to say one thing to uh to the viewers or listeners it's it's it is philosophical no way i put it uh don't worry about rejections because uh you will have it and instead of getting demotivated by rejections just sort of like do a uh scientific approach as to why you are getting rejected and uh um try to understand um the facts behind it and make an informed decision rather than an emotional decision uh that really uh puts you in the right path of uh inclination um uh, upwards than um you know sort of closing down the doors and not doing anything it's hard when you're an artist <laughs> <laughs> I I understand really is, the huh? pain that that's why I said yeah, like it's, the pain it's, it's very, yeah it's very important to put emotions aside and I have like a scientific approach towards it as to yeah. why did 
just get rejected. What is it I could have done better? Um, and to see it uh, almost as an opportunity. Definitely. An opportunity to learn something from it so that you, and, and things, a lot of times rejections, <laughs> like your film being in our film festival, right? Like you didn't yes. make it that you were rejected in one because of the time, but had that not worked, you wouldn't have made it into this one. And exactly. not to say that our film festival is better, but, you know, I, I'm just saying it, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm giving you a lot of attention because I think in the mobile filmmaking world, you're one in a million, you know, oh, thank you. Um, thank you. and in the traditional world, Yes, you are too. Of course, you're always going to be one in a million, but you're competing against so much more out there than in the mobile film world when it comes to a feature-length film shop, you know, with a phone. That's that's true, and um, I'm so looking forward to uh, shoot a feature film now uh, with uh, with a mobile phone. Yeah. So, so rejection, yeah. you know, to our listeners... Is it's like a, a blessing in disguise in a, in a lot of ways. It really does push you to do things or see things in a different way if you're willing to, um, and and if you're a real filmmaker, right? <laughs> you That's love true. the challenge. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you uh, for listening to our podcast. Uh, thank you to Mithran, um, and we're. We're going to travel like a little butterfly onto Patreon. Uh, and sure. you can catch this next podcast there. Um, for listeners, that's at www.patreon.com slash SBP podcast. So hopefully we'll see you there. Uh, say goodbye, Mithran. All right, viewers, thank you so much for listening in, and uh, we hope to uh, see you or, um, in this case, uh, reach out to you uh, through many more podcasts to come. Please stay tuned. Awarded for Best Film by the Global Mobile Film Awards 2017 with his smartphone film, Figment, Mithram Maharajan shares his advice on the responsibilities of a director in our exclusive bonus podcast for patrons in our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash sbppodcast. We're almost nearing the end of 2017, and we hope you are looking forward to 2018 with hope and optimism as a filmmaker sharing great stories. I hope that you subscribe to our podcast and are learning a lot from our guests in our discussions.